Sound check. Good. A little bit higher. That's good. Okay. Settling into the sitting or laying or standing posture for this morning sit. Acknowledging and having gratitude for the rain. An auspicious day. In eight weeks at least since the rain fell. How wonderful to be held in that this morning as the earth quenches its throat. As spring arrives and the flowers and the trees and the birds and all the stirrings of that time of year welcome this wetness. In our meditations and in our instructions we've been Engaging quite a bit with this invitation to engage the elements. So all honor to this particular one that's showing up this morning for us. Also, great gratitude for the depth and the richness and the fullness of having had a week of instruction that engaged us with the body breath. The gradual, progressive unfolding, the first foundation, not hurrying through it, but really working with it and engaging practice around body breath, landing, grounding, creating and cultivating the conditions such that as we move forward in the momentum of the practices, engaging with thought, emotions, even open awareness is sitting upon the work we did this week. Arriving, welcome, connecting and creating Sangha, the indigenous ancestors who stewarded this land, the lineage and the development and dawning of this practice and philosophy grounded, originated, in Asia, taking refuge, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, the precepts, I vow to undertake this training. Renunciation, having a sense of space around you, the fragrance of the place, Dharma wayfarers, turning awareness 
to the body. Knowing the posture of sitting, the posture of standing, the posture of walking, the posture of laying in real time. The sensations of the body sitting. Presence. Inviting the elemental aspects of the body to settle, arrive, and relax. Cultivating mindfulness in the field of sensations. Letting the breath be just as it is. Training the mind and setting the intention to be present. Knowing what is happening while it is happening. The wisdom born of suffering. Abide, receptive, home. The body as a body. Allowing all parts of ourselves to belong. Ardent, effort, staying connected to our experience. Aware again, relaxed and engaged. We can grow towards liberation. Generosity, to know things as they really are in real time. Mindfulness investigates. Loving kindness, may I, may you. Walking meditation. Lift, move, place. Nature. Balance. Focus. Anchor. A home. A place to come back to. Simply be aware of the body sitting. It's simple, but profound. Sensations at the touch point. Be relaxed and comfortable. The anchor as your primary object of attention. Come back with kindness and compassion. A powerful practice. Knowing from moment to moment that you are sitting, walking, standing, or laying. The arising nature 
of experience. Enlightenment can happen at any time, in any place. Earth walking earth. Moving meditation. Wake up right here, right now. An undistorted truth of reality. The brain and the belly. Let the awareness soak into your body. Allowing the mindfulness to hold whatever experience is there. Relax, receive, allow. Allowing the body to relax helps the mind to relax. Relax inside the body. The brain relaxing. May the body relax. May the mind relax. May the attention rest with the breath. Settle back with what's already here. If there is resistance or pulling back, letting the awareness open and grow, allowing this to be known as well. Create and cultivate the supportive conditions. The learning will unfold. Natural awareness. Planet calm. Another day of practice. Another day of practice. Another day of practice. The Four Noble Truths as practice. Things are always changing. This is dukkha. Dukkha is like this. Abandon clinging. Being spacious. Collected. Gathered, nothing to fix, be here. Moment to moment experience, here and now. Ardent, fully aware, mindfulness. The function of wisdom is to cut through delusion. all the places we've traveled in this last week. Continuing to build on that and moving into 
intentionally working with emotion as it arises. Now that for most of us or all of us, at one point or some point or another, there is some stability and gatheredness of mind, we can begin to explore or investigate thoughts, emotions, feelings, but today, giving instruction around working with the emotions. Inviting you to remember that there is a purifying, detoxing component of this practice. And as that has become awakened and um, has become a part of the movement and momentum of practice, more and more emotions will arise. Actuality being that we work with emotions in much the same way as we've been practicing in relationship to working with the body, working with sound, working with breath, working with the elements. We have been in training. We're now employing that training into other domains of being, into other mind states. So as you sit, paying attention, becoming intimate with the moment-to-moment experience and sensations of being human there on the cushion, When emotions become predominant, actually turning towards that emotion, then engaging that emotion as anchor, placing or establishing uh, awareness and mindfulness to hold and shine a light and allow us to see clearly what's happening in terms of the experience of the emotion. One of the ways to begin to separate this conditioning of falling into emotion with the story of it is to use noting, ah, sadness is here. Happiness is here. That is one of the first steps to being able to create some spaciousness around the emotion. One of the uh, conditionings, particularly, of our culture is to become entranced or entrapped with the interpretation and stories of a a rising emotion. But emotion is just like any other of the mind states, just like the physical pain of the body, it arises and it resolves. And our job is to bring a clean, clear awareness 
to the experience of that emotion in the body, with the heart. And not the interpretation, the stories, the judgments that come into play at the arising of the emotion. Emotion perhaps is one of the more challenging mind states to work with because there is this tendency to identify the emotions are us, the emotion is me, as opposed to remembering it is another arising, sometimes of its own accord, sometimes in response to some external stimuli, sometimes in response to some internal stimuli. But regardless of what the antecedent of the arising is, as we become aware, as it comes into our field of knowing, to engage the practicing with it, the same way we've been learning to work with the other states of being. Remembering that as these emotions presence themselves, as we become aware, remember what you've learned. If it becomes overwhelming, if it takes you out of being able to practice, you can always return to whatever that anchor is that creates some spaciousness for you, that creates some home for you, whether it be the breath, whether it be the body, whether it be sound or hearing. That's why we've spent so much time creating the foundation for this work. So disidentifying, not identifying with the emotion. No emotion that arises is inappropriate within the field of the mindfulness. And I would even venture to say, though it doesn't feel like it at times, and depending on the intensity and depth of the arising of the emotion, if it's arising, you have the tools, the foundation is there for you to work with it. If it feels too much, then slice it thin. Take a bit of that emotion. Examine it. Become intimate with knowing that connection between the emotion, the thought, the mind state, and the body. Oh, how does sadness feel in the body? The other uh, conditioning that's so prevalent is to actually accept or engage with that first arising, such as something like sadness, and taking it at that, taking it at face value. But some of the investigation may be dropping even another depth. The body informs you 
ah, yes, sadness, or, oh, you know, that's not quite what it is. What is this sensation? It behooves us to engage working with emotion because we have a nervous system. So they're not going to stop. Neither will the thoughts. It's kind of the price we pay for being embodied. But we have access to the understanding, to the wisdom, to the tools to support us in continuing to move towards freedom and liberation no matter what the arisings are. Using the practice to work with emotion such that reactivity is not the automatic or the conditioned landing place, but responsiveness provides that landing place. No acronym, but a few more words in working with emotions. First step might be to recognize. Recognize an emotion is arising. Recognize the sensation of that experience. Noting or naming with a lot of space around it, not in a tight way. Just by virtue of naming and noting can actually oftentimes disempower the hold of the emotion. Accepting, allowing emotion to be present, not trying to repress it, not pushing it away, not identifying, but having an allowing attitude, an unconditional attitude. This is what's happening now. Sadness is present. Joy is present. And lastly, with discernment, investigation. If there's a sense of having enough stability of mind, enough presence, enough gatheredness to actually engage the emotion through investigation, gaining familiarity and intimacy with that particular experience. You know, in this life, Avoiding pain is not possible, whether it be physical, emotional, psychological. However, we want to practice such that we disengage from the second arrow. So there is the arising emotion, the rising feeling, the rising thought. 
And that is the sensation, that is the experience of the present moment. But then we start to make up things about that experience. So the arising is the first arrow, whatever the state of the experience is. But then we do not have to engage with the second arrow. So we'll sit now and remember what you've learned over these days and allow yourself to open to working with emotion as and if it is arising.
In a few moments, I'll be ringing the bell. So inviting you to engage with the change of form, bringing awareness and mindfulness and presence to what the sensations and experience of that change in form. Inviting you as I ring the bell to sit in the transition, listening to the reverberation so you no longer can hear it. Some words from John LeMay Deer, seeker of visions. Listen to the air. You can hear it, feel it, smell it, taste it. Woniya wakan, the holy air, which renews all by its breath. Woniya, woniya wakan, spirit, life, breath, renewal. It means all that. Woniya, we sit together. Don't touch, but something is there. We feel it between us as a presence. A good way to start thinking about nature. Talk about it. Rather, talk to it. Talk to the rivers, to the lakes, to the winds as our relatives. Mm. 
So just one or two <clears throat> words to add in supporting you in what we're up to and the momentum that we are establishing individually as well as a Sangha, to remember that the end game is not the game of having no thought, no emotion, no feeling. It really is to continue moving forward in this life from a grounded place of as much as possible, ongoing awareness and remembering and establishing such that we meet and greet whatever comes our way in balance, grounded, and maybe even with joy and appreciation for the opportunity to meet it and be alive. All of this, that is, in my understanding, and one of the ways that I understand what we're up to, that is the true freedom, the true liberation to not be enslaved by our nervous systems, by our stories, by our habits, by our conditioning. Yeah by our skin color, by our gender, by our class, by any identity that happens to move along with us. True freedom is not being enslaved by any of that. Being the master of your existence with gratitude and appreciation. For me, that's the one of the underpinnings of this practice and why it's all worth it. So a few announcements, getting less and less, that's great. So the meetings are posted for Saturday and Sunday because this is the weekend where uh, we teachers um, get to have the pleasure and joy of a day off. So half of you will be seen between today and tomorrow, and this starts the second round. So um, this weekend you'll be with the teacher that you met with first. And then the other half of you will be seen on Monday. So be sure to check the board in case there's any confusion about if you're meeting today or not. Also, for today, anyone meeting with Andrea will be in room number two. So she'll be up the hill, not down the hill. Just an acknowledgement, not so much a reminder, but just an acknowledgement that for the 11.30 sit, uh, there's a five-minute grace period for entering in. So the sit will begin at 11.30. But because movement bumps up right against that sit, we understand that it may take a minute or two to get down here and come in. So for those of us that aren't in movement and that are here, a lot of spaciousness and um, um, opening welcome for people joining 
And if you are coming from movement and joining the sit, please make every effort to do that within a five-minute grace period. Uh, for this morning, for the 9.30 to 10.30 time period of meetings, no leeway will be sitting in with me. There's no metta today, but there will be movement today. So just in ending the morning, I want to read one other thing to you because I love it. And it speaks to uh, my understanding for myself and my practice of the importance of simplicity and what simplicity can provide in a life. And when I engage with my sitting or my walking or... uh, my standing, whatever posture I'm engaged with. And this is for me, I'm just sharing how I make use of this simplicity in my practice. It's not right. Uh, there's a hundred practices in here. You know, even though we're all engaged foundationally with the same elements, how we put it together and how we employ it, hundred iterations in the room. So this particular iteration, whatever sit I am beginning whatever period of meditating I begin for me I always move in in ceremony through the breath anchoring the breath landing home with the breath it's the door I walk through on the journey for the moment and oftentimes coming out of the sit I will end with the breath And for me, the breath, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's the water, it's the air, it's the earth, and it's the breath that even allows us to be here, having this conversation. So it's a way for me to honor and place it um, in a place of uh, distinction within my practice. This is a little myth called the breath myth. There was a conference of all the human faculties, all the senses, the five plus the mind. As at many meetings, they first had to decide who would be in charge, who would facilitate. Sight popped up and put in its bid, creating beautiful images that had everyone enraptured. Smell arose, creating powerful and haunting aromas that left everyone tingling with anticipation. But taste could top that with astounding and delectable flavors from all the world's cuisines. Hearing created exquisite harmonies that brought everyone to tears. And the body brought on physical sensations that had everyone in ecstasy and the mind spun out intellectual theories that took on beauty by the depths of the truths they expressed. Along came the breath, not even one of the senses, and said it wanted to be in charge. All it could present was the simple in and out, not terribly impressive in the face of everything else, No one even noticed. 
the other senses got into a tremendous argument about which one of them would be chosen. The breath and its disappointment began to walk away and the images began to fade. The tastes lost their savor. The sounds faded. Wait, wait, the senses called out. Come back. You can lead. We need you. And the breath came back and took its proper place. Have a good day of practice in the beauty of the rain. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.